Marvel DC, Marvel DC, Marvel DC, 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 Marvel, 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 we create our own realities and words. That's disgusting. Hello. That's disgusting. Hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. The Geek Chat. Hey, 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 everybody. And welcome to a new, another edition. A new edition, yeah. Of, it's a new edition of the Geek Chat. Oh, that might help. Hi, yeah, everybody. Turn your, turn your mic on, dear. <laughs> See, you don't want anyone to hear me. You, t- you keep my mic off. Uh, welcome to another edition of the Geek Chat. I'm I'm Desmond. And I'm Rich. <laughs> and we're your hosts for this hour-long uh, Comic Fest. Book Geek Fest. So, uh, welcome everyone. We are on MixLR Live from 6 to 7 every Monday. And you can always listen to all of the, any all, any and all episodes on SoundCloud. Search for The Geek Chat. And they go up on Tuesdays afternoon-ish, and then you'll want to tune in on Saturdays for our specials we do. We are going to be doing a What You Talk About Facebook that will be posted this Saturday. We get all our topics from the Facebook group, The Geek Chat. Head over to Facebook, look up The Geek Chat, join, post, comment. Uh, It's a nice little group of people who are very passionate about comic books. We want to remind you that in two weeks, two Saturdays, March 26th, at the Eagle in San Francisco, we will be there with the Anti-Hero Party. It's the second one, the first one we did a live um, show from. A lot of fun. you got to come out, have some fun with us, get interviewed. We're going to be doing some trivia because Batman Superman comes out. We'll be doing some Batman Superman and Wonder Woman trivia. Dress up. Come in costume or don't come in costume and just wear a Green Lantern ring, I've been saying. You know, that that could be a big plus, too. Um, we got a good show for you. A bunch of number ones this week. From We got a number one from IDW, from Boom, and Marvel released um, two new number ones this week. We'll also be talking about the standoff crossover, which there were two books today. And we've got some opinions about everything. So we'll get into the first book now, Mars Attacks. So we all saw the movie. Well, I don't know if we all saw the movie, but many of us saw the movie. And IDW has been running a Mars Attacks book. There are different miniseries that they do. This one is called Mars Attacks Occupation. And it's written by John Lehman. And I love Chu. Chu is one of John Lehman's books from Image. And I was very excited to read this book because I really haven't read much of his stuff for IDW. I know he wrote a couple of the older Mars Attacks. I believe he did at least. So I gave this one a shot. And I'm like, Des, you have to read this. And he was like, really? And I'm like, yes, you do. So the writer and letterer is John Lehman. And the artist is Andy Kuhn. Hmm. Not knowing much about this world, we find that... The Martians have attacked Earth and have conquered Earth. And now this story is about a young woman kind of fighting against the Martians. Uh, It's really pop art. I was really shocked because the colors in a Mars attacks book, they're bright colors, bright pinks, bright yellows. 
the flashback scenes go to a much more darker, uh, heavier purples and blues to distinguish between the times. I liked it. I am going to read the second issue. I just have some problems. Art is really good. Like this guy, I, I don't know who this artist is, but the way he draws the figures and his line work is really strong. And since it's only him doing it, I'm betting he is also, as artist, he's also doing the inking uh, and the coloring, I guess. But it's great that the writer did the letters. Yes. You know, and I'm like, wow, this is a book that they're both putting their stamp on. Um, I don't know. I and so I saw the movie. You know, I'm a I'm a big fan of um, uh, Mars Attacks. I'm a big fan of Tim Burton. So it's just interesting because they killed them all at the end of that <laughs> at the end of that movie. So, but I guess this is a different take on it. Yeah, that maybe they didn't you know take over and the Martians did win. So that was a little jarring at first. But yeah, I. I don't know what to expect with this book because usually with a book like this, you're gonna see um, them some resistance, and they mention a resistance yep. type of thing. But I thought it was gonna be more like, you know, more about that. So having her, you know, work in these slave camps and then trying to make it like Mars, and now there's this weird gladiator matches, and then seeing how the guy who was kind of a sellout, quote-unquote, and sided with the Martians. She uh, kicked his ass. Yeah, but if, but in the, in the flashbacks, her father died to protect yep, him. her and him. So it's like, and he this is how he does it. He just goes and becomes a lackey for the Martians. It was just really a really interesting story. I'm not sure if I'm going to read the next one. Um, I am. I'm actually really interested in what's going to happen to her. Yeah. I, I was that, reading this... Without knowing anything prior, I was just like, I actually, I actually, he made me care about this woman. Yeah. Because she's so strong. Yeah. And she, the fact that her di- her dad, like you said, died to save them. And now she is alone in this world. Um, I really liked it. The only thing I didn't like, and I'm picky. What? Well, I thought you would have loved the mutant Martian. Because at the back, they showed her fighting in the Coliseum versus the mutant Martian. Yeah, that was cool. But if you notice, it's one of those weird things in which they take the Martians. And the movie, they were transplanting people's heads on different things. And that's what they did. And this is what it looks like. But I'm wondering if that's her father. Because Probably. her father was a, a boxer. boxer. So I'm like, I, yeah, that would be some good tension. So, so on that aspect, yeah, I might actually pick up the next one, but I don't know. So my biggest complaint is sometimes when, you know, the Martians have the glass thing on their head. Um, when there's no light, the glare wouldn't be there. And there were times when the glare on the helmets were... Just a little too much with no light source. I it's it it's be, a minor little critique, but it bugged me a lot. I thought it would be really cool if they actually did a thing where the... Uh, because all the Martians' language is translated, so it's in English. But I was really hoping that it would be like the ak 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 from the, from, the te- from the movie. From the movie. And so we didn't know what they were saying. And so the, the humans had to kind of interpret for us. So I thought that would be really kind of cool, but oh as no, a plot, here they as just a device. Yeah, but, no, here they just talk. Which is fine. Which is fine. I think it's kind of interesting because that just adds a whole other layer that the that the writer would have had to have done. Yeah. 
And, you know, but I was thinking that would have been fun to explore or do something different with, you know, and, it, and it's fine that they didn't do it. Like, don't get me wrong, but that's one of those things that I really wish they would have because I just think it would have been a lot fun, a lot more fun. But, but anyway, uh, it, all in all, it was a solid read, you know? Yes, I agree. And I'll definitely give it, you know, out of five, I'll give it at least three geeks. Really? Yeah. I'd give it 4.5. 4, 4.5 geeks? I liked it. So that's four geeks and a half a geek? A half a geek. The a glare. Half, they had the glare the not been there. The top the bottom of the geek. I don't know what's it look like. Exactly. Move along. So the next book we're going to do is a book that, much like Mars Attacks, it's a brand new number one from Boom, and it has no prior um, movie or anything attached to it, but we both went in blind, and we both had opposite reactions, just like Mars I Attacks. Just, I just realized the, the, the cover Sherlock of the Sherlock Holmes book, had. I didn't realize that at first. Yeah. Okay, so it's called The Baker Street Peculiars. And it's uh, issue one of four, so it is a limited series, and um, very interesting. It is the story. The well, script was by Roger Landridge. The art and letters was by Andy Hirsch. Uh, colors was by Fred Stirsing, and the cover was by Andy Hirsch. Um, this was a really good book. For all you people that like mysteries and like Sherlock Holmes and like all ages type of stuff. This is a book for you, you know? And if you like, I guess, English, um, British, uh, humor, British, um, scripting, because it takes place in, in 1933 in Britain, which is so cool in and itself because the scripting of the book is in that old English, English style of writing. And so you have these, you have these three kids from various, very different backgrounds stumbling together, acting as, you know, junior detectives for Sherlock Holmes, you know, and they kind of run into Sherlock Holmes and Sherlock Holmes sees them as a, as a, as a, I guess as, a, as really good assistants that they could be because they are wanting to find various, you know, they're because they're curious and they get into trouble, but like you have a, uh, a street rat you have uh was a female street rat um who was you know an orphan and then stolen by this um this character who would be like fagin from um uh paul knows uh fagin from um like the artful dodger and all them people i can't remember the dickens paul right in the <laughs> right in the uh, chat what it is i know you know what it is but anyway it's fagin and all them um Want some more, sir? You want more? That's from the from the play. Anyway, Oliver. Oliver, thank you, Oliver Twist. Yes. Holy crap! I can't believe you got that. You hate musicals, and you got that. <laughs> well, no. You said, "Can I have another?" And it was either going to be that or Pink Floyd. So I went with that. No, it's not Pink Floyd. But anyway, so we have her, you know, character, and she's awesome. And then we have this really this other character. You know, she's short and chubby, and she's all about like wanting to find stuff and wanting to be the first you know female detective and she looks up to you know Holmes and everything it's just a really good book and then and then you have the second kid who is like has no chin and and he's like um I don't want to say he's like a pompous rich boy but he is and he but he's the he's the he's, he's the, last the reason one. why I couldn't read this well, book because because he's he speaks he is so in, annoying but he speaks in proper English, yeah, he British does. or British, I guess, for the time period. Oh, so, the and then, and then he has 
he since he's the runt of the family he wasn't given his own uh valet he was made the dog was made to serve him so he has this dog that is his basically his his alfred is this dog and he's like this happy-go-lucky rich kid it's just and the three of them kind of band together to like solve solve mysteries it's scooby-doo with little rascals but yet thrown in england in 1812 but i think it's more intelligent than that because because especially with a twist with sherlock holmes see i'm not going to spoil that because i really think because paul hasn't read this and i think paul would really really enjoy this book but we spoil everything but i don't want to spoil it for him oh that's a little uh what's that called there when you when that's uh i'm giving him preferential treatment yeah yeah, I, I can do I that. I just want to tell you my opinion of this. I couldn't make it past, like, page four. It was so good. The art the art is really solid. It. I mean, it, it is, yes, it. It, is a, it is a cartoon comic. It's, 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 a, it's a cartoony style. It's, a, it's very this cartoony. This book is not for me. But what, what about it didn't you like, though? I, I mean, couldn't get past that, kids, the way the writer had him talking. Could not do it. <laughs> That Couldn't was, do it. That was the charming thing Couldn't about it. it. Was there was no actually, charm there. He spoke like a spoiled rich kid. It was annoying. But he was trying very hard. And then and then he he says something about the um, he says something kind of derogatory to the street rat because she's all she's um, because she's uh, she's not white. She is Bengali, so she's not um, and she's a street rat. And so he's from various different, very really polar opposite backgrounds. And so he says something. And then they, and then both of the girls call him on it. So there's these very strong-willed, strong-minded. Wait, there's two girls? girls. I thought there was one girl. No, the the short girl. Yeah, there's there's two. That's girls. a girl. This is a girl. Oh yeah, God, I dresses, thought it was a boy. She dresses like a boy because she's a street urchin. She doesn't well, want to be messed with. I didn't read it all that much, oh so God. I don't know. I just uh-uh, I didn't. Yeah, like Yeah, their that. backstories were great. Just everything about this book is really charming. It's really fun. Like, it is kind of like you know the the rich kid and and the little dog kind of act like um scooby-doo and shaggy a little bit but snooty and yeah but the dog actually the dog kind of reminds me of brain from um pinky in the brain no uh really no from inspector gadget oh do 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 yeah. can't do that so i'm Such giving a great book i'm passing on giving it any geek whatever you're doing now because i'm not doing that i thought it was just funny I, to do it that one time it, it, this book was not for me i will repeat it is that. a good book i think that you guys should take a chance on it if you don't want to read them individually it's only going to be four issues and you can get the trade but i think it's great it's a really good mystery i like the uh you know i just like the book it's just very it's going to be very interesting especially with the twist with the sherlock holmes twist that i'm not going to spoil you're welcome paul so what else did you want to talk about rich Let's continue on with our number ones before we get into the other stuff. Because we love our number ones, y'all. We love our number ones. Number one. Are you going to make a new song out of that? I could. Maybe Terry should sample you and make a little thing about the number ones. Number one. one, one. See, I even come with my own effects. It's you awesome. Do. <laughs> so, the next book we're going to review is from Marvel Comics. It was Mockingbird number one. The writer is Chelsea Kane. The artist is Kate Nimzik. Nimzik. The color artist is Rochelle Rosenberg. The letterer was VC's Joe Caramanga. And the cover, we normally don't give covers, but I got to say, I love Joelle Jones, and she did the cover to this. So Joelle Jones and Rochelle Rosenberg did the cover. Yeah, from this point on, we're going to start mentioning the cover artist, too. There you go. We're going to do that from this point on. 
What did you think of this book? I know uh, you had you came in on Saturday and you were like, I got some opinions. I was not expecting this book to be like this. Is is the only thing I did not expect her to be like this. I thought the waiting room scenes were really funny. Why was Tony Stark reading a book about gonorrhea? I was like, what? Because he's a big old manhole. But still, and and Ellie, why would he be I'm in a shield infirmary? Him. Why would he be? Why would he be in in a shield infirmary? I a doctor's yeah. office. I did love the fact that and Hercules Thor was always there. Thor Hercules. was always there. Oh, sorry, Hercules. Hercules. Hercules was always there. Yes, in I some form. Uh, I so think what's that, the basic? I think that Black Canary looks really good in this book. No, that's not Black Canary. I know. It kind of looked like um, Sue Storms when she became Evil's outfit. So, Bobby Morrissey. Morrissey. Bobby Morris. Morris. <laughs> Morris. What's her last name? Morris. Morris. I thought it was like Bobby Moose. No, Morris. Um, so she got exposed to the Super Soldier Serum and the Infinity Formula. Wow. And both carry the potential for side effects, including the manifestation of latent powers. And that's that's kind of the elevator pitch is that she has been exposed to this stuff. And as you go, as you progress through the book, as she's seeing all these doctors to see what her is, she has been experiencing side effects from these exposures, from this exposure. And it's very interesting because there's this weird sort of mind fuck they do with the book when you're reading it. And that's was the thing that kind of was like, what? Because during the course of the book, she starts to see these stuff, the stuff, this weird stuff that's happening around her. And, and every time you see her in the doctor's office, things are, she, she's in a different costume. She's doing really weird type of stuff, you know, but you keep saying that she hasn't experienced anything. Nothing's she's wrong. lying. Nothing's wrong. But then at the end, you find out that it's not so much that they're looking for symptoms, they're looking for to treat her, and yeah. I was like, "Cause she, she's, cause she's weird. Shit's happening to her." So I don't. So that was the so thing. When it's you, like, is she crazy? Is she not? So the way you read this is, you read this one issue, and then two, three, and four are each of the different scenes. So we're gonna be explained. <laughs> That's how, how they're doing. Yeah. It. So why oh, is she wow. wearing? Why is she wearing the black canary outfit? Why is she wearing all these different things? Why with did the she dog? get the dog? <laughs> so those are gonna be explained in each issue. Okay. And then number five. Is the continuation of this episode. Uh, Okay. And you can read it and get a different experience. So when you read the others, you'll be able to read this. So doing this weird kind of Tarantino thing with the book. Yeah. Okay. I didn't expect that. I didn't know what was going on. I mean, it's it's one of those books that kind of just like starts off and then you're just kind of like, you know, you kind of take, you got to kind of be very trusting of the writer that it's going to take you somewhere. See, and and this is what's interesting about this book versus last week's uh, Black Widow. Black Widow, because Black Widow didn't give you anything. I mean, it was that it was, was all action from yeah, a, from the beginning to end, and yeah. this has no action, but it's laying out everything that's yeah. going to be going on. This one's definitely much more psychological and about what's going on with Bobby. Whereas, yeah, Black Widow was just a twenty-two page chase scene, and at the end, twenty. 20 sorry 20 page chase scene and it's like at the end she doesn't even know what's going on so they're both really at the same spot but it's just very different ways how the writer got their characters to that point at the end of the book very very strong number one i i really had no interest in this book really coming into it and i was just reading it because it was number one and we usually review number ones but i'm probably going to pick it up it has no ties to shield whatsoever at nope. this point i don't know what's going to happen i don't know if they're going to show up 
I hope um, not. I really hope that they do. And this really? is well because like this is all happening to her, but but what does this mean for her in the Shield Agents of Shield book? Mm-hmm. What does that mean with her teaming up with Spider Man all the time? It's like what is what is this? Well, mean if Wolverine can do it for decades, she can know, do it in a couple. I know, books. I know, I know, but I just hope that it 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 kind of you know falls over into the other books as well. The other thing I loved about it is. Every time she's at the in the shield waiting room, there's always a new nurse, and she's like, yep. "Where did Pat go?" And the new nurse would be like, "Tahiti." See, that's Tahiti. what I was thinking. Like, does she kill them all Tahiti. or something? I don't know. <laughs> you know, or, I, or is this really the same nurse and she's seeing her differently all the time? And what was the weird old men trying to touch her at the end? It was just very bizarre. I loved it. I thought it was a great number one. I love the art. This this yeah, was a the good, art was good. The art was amazing. Yeah, it was really. It isn't. Good. It, it's not their uh, cartoony style that they're doing on a lot of their books, but yet it's it was it's not. It's kind of like traditional comic book art. Yeah, you know the colors were bright. It was just a really strong. This is a strong debut book, in that it left you wanting more, and I really want to know what's going on, especially after you explain to me how they're going to be doing it with these kind of episodic that ties together, ties back at the end. It's That's a very interesting story technique that I really hope that they're able to pull off really well. Like, I'm really... Like I'm really getting jazzed for this book now, and I didn't like think she that goes I would. to the Hellfire Club in one of the issues. See, and that, that was that outfit, that, that black canary like outfit. That is awesome. I can't wait to see what's going on and and see her manifestation of powers and what's going on. Um, now this next book we're gonna talk about. Ooh, this is old school. Left me kind of opposite. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was not. I don't know. Like the only thing that got me through this book was this Alan is a hint, Davis. Was Alan Davis. <laughs> so. so we're gonna review the Infinity Entity. The writer was Jim Starlin. Alan Davis was the penciler. Mark Farmer, of course, has to be there for, to do his inking. Jordan Boyd was the colorist. VCs Joe Sabino was the letter. Alan Davis, Mark Farmer, and Joy- Jordan Boyd did the cover. Yeah, and there was remember they, they had the variant that was Ron Lim, too. Yes. Workhorse, Ron Lim. We were talking about Ooh, that. Give a shout out to Ron Lim. We love man. Ron Lim, and he is so underrated, but he has been doing our for at mm-hmm. least three decades now yes if yes. not a little more and he's always been doing stuff with the whole uh cosmic with like silver surfer and you know all the his run stuff. In silver surfer was amazing yes so shout out to ron Lim. so what did you think about this book before i give my review because <laughs> i do not like <sighs> characters like this we know from the coming of the superman i like i have a little soft spot in my cold dead heart for nostalgia that is why i like this book i loved seeing old wasp not old as in she's 90 as in it was when she was very young and the avengers first started i really liked seeing that costume you know there was ant-man giant man riding in on his you know wasps and the whole thing with iron man wearing a skirt and the hulk looking brutish and thor just being so ass guardian I enjoyed it, and it brought it full circle because he knew these people existed, and he knew one of them was green, but someone didn't have the right color hair. And so we're talking about Adam Warlock. He is the, um, it's his book basically. And I'm not too fond of the costume they picked. This wasn't my favorite costume of his. But he he dies and then is reborn, and he doesn't know who he is. So he goes out to seek these people that he's trying to find. But how did he die? 
that's the thing that see Jim Starling does all these really weird cosmic stuff. He died in the last Big Bang, and no, well, then he he was floating around in the blackness. Yeah. The Big Bang happened, killed him, and then he was reborn. But this and also I'm like what this also takes place between Thanos's Infinity rel- the Infinity Relativity, and the upcoming Thanos the Infinity Finale in their original graphic novels no, from no, Marvel. I, I get that, you know, I really get that, but it's like I thought the only survivor of I guess the last well I guess he, he might not have been in from the last universe or or he was born in this I don't know but because I always like Galactus was the only one that survived from the previous universe but I'm just sorry you know the characters who are who are this powerful or this omnipotent it's always just a little bit I don't know it's just it's, the, it's, it's just weird reading about them I liked it you know? I really liked this book I and then they the Guardians of the Galaxy show up well they don't show up he shows up and sees them and and he slowly remembers who he is. And he's walking through the bar in Starlin's lounge. And, like, there's an old Cree person. It's it's fun looking at all the backgrounds, too. It's because it's Alan Davis, though. I, I love, mean, I, I oh love Alan Davis. Alan Davis's art is so just... That is a person that's been working for decades as well. And it's just nice and refreshing to see his art. Yes. Alan Davis, thank you so much for doing this book. Again, just him running around and, like, going, like going back and forth in the between the in the timeline and saving you know saving uh gamora because he felt he needed to and and just i love when star lord's like so i was like why didn't he do me with me because you shot him yeah i mean so that was great to see that they that they were talking about what was happening in um guardians of the galaxy and then and then was talking about when they went to the um right when the avengers formed and he was there and then he was trying to find out who he is. And then at the end, the in-betweener shows up. So that was kind of cool to see a co- another cosmic entity because those, in- those, those characters are, are not used very often. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool to see those things. But again, like he's basically an amnesiac running around with unlimited powers. And it's just like, I like what he even acknowledges the fact he's like, I guess I have all these powers. Yeah. So, so in that aspect of that was kind of cool because Jim Sterling was like writing, writing, was doing really well writing as an amnesiac. And he was just like, like people would say his name in, in out of context. And he'd be like, Oh, I guess my name is Adam. And it's just, I don't know. Something about, you know, omnipotent characters, you know, that is just kind of, I don't know, something about them just doesn't make it fun to read because they can do pretty much anything. So having him be an amnesiac is kind of interesting, but I just like the in-betweener saying that, like, he has to stop him because he's an aberration, or he's a, um, not an aberration, he is a, um, he's a, he's a, uh, he's abnormal. He, does, he doesn't belong there. He's like a, yeah, an aberration, I guess. So I, I don't know. I just, I'm just wondering if they're going to fight now or is Adam going to be very much like defensive because it looks like that's generally who he is, how he is. He called him an aberration, right? That's what he called him? Yes. Yeah. Well, kind of. He says, your existence is an affront yeah. to my life's purpose. Yeah. You must be eliminated so that my being continues to have meaning. See, and it's just like... And I love his response. Really? Yeah, he's just like, what's going on in between us all imposing? I, and I liked this. I did. I, I really liked reading this. And it's a limited series. Yeah. I mean, I might read it as a trade because it's Alan Davis, but I don't know. I don't know. Now we're getting to a book that I, a run that I've really been enjoying. Um, and this is. I have sad news for you. Uh, Please tell me it's not being canceled, is it? No. Oh, the writing team is changing? No. Okay, David what is. David Lopez is off the book. He's uh-uh. leaving art to pursue other ventures. No, he was so good. Anyway, we're talking about all new Wolverine. And. 
That's a sad, sad. I know. Because he was like, he, he made ha- this book. I mean, he loves, like, I love his artwork because it's very reminiscent of Alan Davis, but it's definitely his own take on it, his own style. Oh, so the book we're talking about is All New Wolverine, number six, written by Thomas Taylor, art by David Lopez and David Navarat, color art by Nathan Fairburn, letters by uh, VCs Corey Pettit. Of course, VC stands for visual, uh, Virtual Calligraphy. We found that out. Very proud of that. Part production design was by Manny Majros. And the cover art was by Bengal, um, who is an awesome artist. Usually does stuff for DC. If you, if you really like his art, he's been doing a lot of stuff for um, Batgirl. But All New Wolverine, it is the conclusion of the Four Sisters in which uh, Wolverine finds out that she has four sisters that were clones of her and they were being used by a shady organization as assassins and they wanted to be free. So Wolverine takes it upon herself to free her sisters in arms. Um, And this is In claws. There you go. And this is this is the end of it. And we find out. Well, I don't think it's the end. No, of it, definitely but it's not the end, end of this. It's the end of this uh, arc in which we have these three very different, you know, personas running around, um, and they're I don't know. They, it's it's their assault on the facility that created them in order to stop them from doing this. I I love all of the other aspects of her because it's it's great that they're all clones of her, but they're all so different. Like the young one, you know. And they all can kill her, kill people, and they all have claws, and they all can do, you know, Wolverine stuff, but or like her, but they're all their their motives and what they do and what they mean to do is different. Like at the end, when the little one was going to um, have the opportunity to kill her creator, and she didn't because she was trying to be a better person. Yet the other one, um, totally the other, slaughtered him. Totally yeah. slaughtered like their their pursuer, and it's just like. And I think that such a lot of depth for for this character. I don't know. It's just it's just a really good book. And I strong I th- book. I think it's great that Laura says, you know, to the to the youngest, um, did you kill him? And she, the little one says, No, I wanted to. I still want to. And Laura says, But you didn't. You're the worst there is at what they wanted you to do, which is I, I think pretty cool. Saying a lot that. You know that once Laura gets a trigger, the trigger smell, if, if that's still around, she is the best at what she does. And the fact that this little girl, this little clone sister, can kill him and is choosing the, that path, I just, uh, the writing was so strong mm-hmm. on this. The, uh, everything was so strong on and this. They, and how they infiltrated, infiltrated was the, great. Um, I didn't expect to see that. And it was just like, wow. I, that I was know. a good sleight of hand. Yes, yes. And it, it shows that she's she's smart. You know, she's not just a killer. You well, know? I think Tom Taylor, the writer, is actually taking the mythos of Wolverine. We all know for years and years and years what Wolverine could do. And now here is this woman who is now the new Wolverine and has had a horrible past. A horrible past. If you read NYX... Um, or any of her X-23s, you will see she's been through so much shit. And the fact that they're trying to redeem her, but yet still keep her strong, which it's funny when you read this book and then read how Bendis is writing her in um, all new X-Men. Completely different. Completely different. There she's like throwing herself in harm's way all the time. She's getting burned. She's getting beat up. She's got a death wish. And then you read her book and it's not like that at all. 
Yeah, she's really much more put together in in her own book because I don't know. It seems like in that book she has no purpose, but in this book she has all the purpose. It's just really weird, and maybe it's just because she's working in a team dynamic. Um, and this is more solo about her, though this was kind of a team book because it's all variations of her, and they're working together as a team. I did not. So I'm confused. And who was the woman at the end? that uh was meeting with the with oh the she was the one from her solo book she was the controller that's what i thought Camera, yeah yeah she was the one that that was i remember the one scene where she she tr- she made she triggered her scent yep. and made her kill all those people okay so that's who that was all right because i was like she looks familiar but i couldn't place her and that's what i was thinking about so look at and that even makes it even better for me because they're actually Looking at the continuity and the and the history of this character and still adding more more layers to it. Great book, everybody. Yeah. You really should pick it up. And this is the conclusion of the uh, of this story arc. So it's going to be collected. So if you, it would be a fantastic kind oh. of jumping on point if you want to if you well, want to pick up this book. The little one sticks around. Yeah, I hope so. You know, I really hope that the, it becomes this pseudo. You know, Wolverine, Jubilee, sort of Batman and Robin kind of thing, because she really is her older sister, though it is she is technically a clone of herself, but she really is in that older sister role. So I really hope that they're the uh, they're going to explore that dynamic. You know, I really think they will. I hope so. Okay, hold on one second. Thank you again for tuning in and checking out the Geek Chat. We're here live every Monday from 6 to 7 on MixLR. If you miss an episode or any of our other episodes, you can check out um, this season and any other season that we've done before on SoundCloud. Search the Geek Chat. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, Tumblr, and on Instagram. We are also on YouTube. But again, always search the Geek Chat. If you want to talk to Rich or myself, you can always uh, join the Facebook group, The Geek Chat. Always search the Geek Chat. So what's our next book, Rich? So the next two books we're going to talk about are from Marvel, and they're the Avengers standoff, I think tie-in, crossover. They're all the wrong words for this. It's not really... Maybe tie-in. Neither book connects to each other. So no, it's really no. weird. Well, they connect. There's there's very faint connective tissue between all of them in that the characters are kind of overlapping each other in various ways. But no, you know. So we're going to talk about uh, the Uncanny Avengers, number seven, Avengers Stand uh, f- Assault on Pleasant Hill. So this one's called The Hills Are Alive with the Sound of Gunfire. I love the little, you know subtitles they give it jerry duggan is the writer ryan stegman was the penciler mark morales and guillermo ortego were the inkers richard eisenhoff with matt yaki were the colorists vcs clayton cowles was the letter and the cover artist is ryan stegman and richard eisenhoff this book art wise i want to start with art because ryan stegman's first couple of issues on this book his art was very extreme and exaggerated and turned a lot of people off. This book, six issues later, they've toned down. He's, it's much more softer. It's rounder. I think the fact that there were two different inkers and two different colorists really helped. Um, 
As for the story, what do you think of the story? I enjoyed it. You know, as a as a tie-in to a much bigger event, I liked that the record came back. I like to see what happened with that. Um, I liked that that it showed what happened after. You know, he made that deal with Deadpool. Um, I didn't like how they hinted him. It was really sad how they how they kind of tossed him to the curb after they found out what was going on with him. Um, and when they found out about Pleasant Hill, I did like that Cable stuck around and Cable is teaching Synapses how to use her powers a lot better. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. And I really like seeing Cable in a mentor role um, for another, I guess, pseudo telepath because she can, you know, affect people's minds, but she can't read minds yet. But yeah, she's training her to be a human lie detector. Exactly. Well, he's training, he's training her to, you know, use her powers in various different ways and how he's, and how he's formulating, um, how to use how, for a list of how everyone can use their powers more um, effectively in combat, yeah. the tactical applications. So I, uh, this is a different cable than I, what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. So, and I like this cable. You know, I guess this is a product of him being in the future uh, because this is future cable. Uh, but again, I really like seeing this team work together. I like seeing uh, brother voodoo with his, with his brother talking about what's going on with, with that aspect. I, and I really had hoped, you know, this would have tied in a little bit, just a little bit to what's going on with magic in the uh, much larger Marvel U. But we'll talk about that later when we get to Doctor Strange. Right. I really liked, for all the people that have been wondering about Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, they actually addressed that, you know. Um, he really wants to, you know, so badly to speak to her. Uh, and she, he actually stalks her by moving so fast while she's, you know, she doesn't even know he's there. It's kind of sad. It's cool that they addressed it. Is it really stalking when it's your sibling? Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to debate you about it. She still doesn't know he's there. I guess so. And he's watching her. That's stalkery. Kind of. Maybe. I don't know. It would have been hilarious if her phone rang and like her her her, uh, her tone was like I always feel like somebody. somebody's <laughs> That'd have been hilarious. So the but. funny thing is, like you said, the first couple pages are the personal parts of the story before they get into the real crossover part. Um, I love seeing Rogue in this. I think that she, how they're writing her to balance out certain characters, say Deadpool. But I like, but I like seeing Deadpool be still be Deadpool. Yes. And he's, I mean, he's much more reined in, but again, I think he's just crazy enough for a team book that it works and it's not annoying to a, the reader and be the act the team dynamic. So, yeah. you know, I, I kind of like, this Deadpool iteration a lot better than the other ones. And then the whole thing with Maria Hill See, trying to kill there's Maria Hill. There's two Maria Hill. So I'm wondering mm. if when you we and Frank noticed she was acting a little different in that other book, the main book, I'm maybe wondering if that's going to be uh, not her. Yeah, maybe it's a different Maria Hill altogether. See, that's what I liked about it. Bo- this book is because it left you with that wondering, like, what's going on with mm-hmm. Maria Hill? Like, is she really? Yeah. You know. And you know the other thing I really like. LMD. They are questioning what they're doing. They are, the members of this team are like, you know, are we going to become villains? Are we, you know, I don't want to lie. They're questioning things. And I like that in this book. Because especially we did a, a, a show on ethics and morals. And it appeared in this book. And I really like the fact that the, the his own team members are like, what are we doing? Yeah, and we're referring to the point where, where Deadpool in the last issue paid Wrecker 
to go out and find out what's going on, and then he did. And uh, and that was really cool that he kept Wrecker's crowbar and gave it to him to use. And then they, but then they dropped him off the plane when Just they were leaving. Him. Go yeah. go go do some more research on Red Skull. Uh, that was very funny. So I really hope that Wrecker being in this book and like working with Deadpool becomes a a um, a, a running thing because it would be really funny if if Wrecker becomes this weird pseudo Jarvis because. If you remember, a long time ago, and the Avengers was a three-parter in which the wrecking... Oh, I remember way back yeah, when. Yeah, well, well, the wrecking crew attacked and, like, beat the crap out of Jarvis. I remember. That'd be hilarious if they, like, put him into servitude now. And then beat the crap out of him. Well, well, he keeps getting, like, dropped off stuff and beaten up, and so... I don't know. I think it's just desserts. So, just desserts. Just desserts. Mm. Next book... Chocolate pie. Happy pie day, by the way. Yes, happy pie day. And when everyone listens to this on the SoundCloud stuff, they're going to be like, well, that's not pie day. It, well, it's well but for you for every day is Pi Day. Huh? Ha ha ha! Um, so the next book we're going to talk about is Agents of Shield's version of Standoff, and it was it was written by Mark Guggenheim. Uh, artist was German Peralta. Color artist was Rachel Rosenberg. Letter was VCs Joe Kamengar. Cover was by Mike Norton and F C O Pasina. And the cover, uh, variant cover was by Otto Schmidt. What did you think of this book? I don't want to insult anyone, but I find this book unnecessary. Wow. How'd you, uh, what did you think about it in context of the standoff? I think that if you're on your third issue of an ongoing book, you don't throw a crossover in. Well, they did it all the, they do it all the time. They no, did that. They, no, no. Uh, no. I did not care for this book. I will not read. I didn't read the one and the two. I only read this because we had to. Wow. Yeah. I guess it's a crossover, right? Yeah, because it was the crossover. Um. Yeah. Uh. I actually had the opposite reaction. I actually kind of liked it. Really? The only thing that was jarring about it was it is not. It's not the Marvel Shield. That's my notes. Like it's not the. The, sorry, it's not the uh, TV show. ABC TV version no. of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's I'd completely see, different. I would rather see them acting and doing things here in this comic book on TV. Why don't they have Deathlock all the time? Like, yeah. that made no sense. And why are they wearing S.H.I.E.L.D. costumes in this and That's not on the That's what I said. On the main you know, wh- but is it, but did they already make it so that this is those people or it's completely separate? It's those people. No, this is what I mean. It's like they are, they are those people, but they are, but, but are they. Is it like two different universes? No, because... We have the TV universe and then we have this no, universe. No, because in the animated Spider-Man, the latest episode, Fitzsimmons show up at the school. So now Fitz and Simmons are animated. They've been on the TV show. But but are they the all... But are, this thing, is the, are they all connected or is this S.H.I.E.L.D. comic book different? Well, I think this is the, sh- this is the comic book version of S.H.I.E.L.D. But is it, but is it following the same... The stuff that's happening on no, the show. No, it can't because the movie universe is different than the comic that's book That's what universe. I mean. So so this is their representation of a separate version of them. Yes. Okay. That's my understanding. Okay. Because that was the thing that I was confused about because because I honestly thought that this was supposed to mirror the, mo- the, the TV show. No, it's supposed to be so that if someone comes in the store and they love the TV show, I can be like, here, read this piece of crap. 
It has nothing to do with the TV show, but it's the same characters. Yes. Yeah, so Frank on the uh, Geek Chat face, uh, sorry, the in the Geek Chat group on MixLR is saying that they are different Shield agents than in the series. Yeah, there's no, there's no Grant Ward. Thank God, and, there's no Grant Ward. Uh, <laughs> and Quake is different. Okay, so so then, okay, that makes total sense then. All right, because I was I was a little confused in reading it because if they were so different than they are in the TV series, and I was thinking. This doesn't make any sense to me. So now it does. They are two separate realities, separate everything. Okay, great. Um, That still didn't help the book for me. Having said that, I actually kind of liked them. I kind of liked this book. I liked that they are picking up the pieces and of what happened with uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America, and Rick Jones because they are trying to find Rick Jones. So I kind of liked that aspect of it. The artwork is a little eh, but I... I think I might actually go back and pick up issues one and two to see what's going on. I did not like though that they put they put this right in the middle of another. Like they, they I thought a, you said it was okay when I complained about it. No, I I thought overall as as it pertains to what's going on in Sandoff, it's fine. I just didn't like that they put it right in between. Uh, there, there. It's like the, it's like the third issue of their own arc. It's yeah. like why couldn't this just be a standalone or take place after their arc? I know they're trying to get people onto the book to to get to probably to boost sales or whatever. But I don't know. It just, it just seemed kind of weird that it was there. Why can't they say boner? I don't know. I thought it was really weird that when Mockingbird says go limp, Fitz is all, I'm flattered that you think I could actually get a blank, and it's all a bunch of words, under these conditions, Bobby, what, you couldn't say erection? Like, I don't know. really? That it's was like, stupid. It's not a teen book. It's T+. plus. Okay. I don't know then. All I know is, all I know is I'm, I think it's great that they have Deathlock in this book. Me too. Um, I'm glad there is no Grant. That's interesting. Me too. Um... I just find the I like that they went into the Morlock tunnels. That was cute. That was fun. I don't know. I I don't know. I like I like secret agent books. Um so I might have to pick this seriously. I might have no, to try it. No, I know. I'm happy. It. it was just it was just weird. Like I I picked it up just because it was part of this crossover See, and, and you're we're making you now read things that you normally wouldn't read. See? We but do I like good but things. I really like how Coulson's is being depicted in this book too. Like I, I like I like his character. It was weird though because I kept reading it as Coulson. As Cl- uh, I kept Clark Daisy or, as yeah. as Daisy. You hear their voices. So it, that was kind of weird, but but for the most part I liked and I liked what they're doing with Rick Jones. I don't know, this was this book it wasn't as terrible. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Like I was like, okay, this is not bad. Definitely definitely a solid like two point five or three for me. Oh, here we go on this rating thing I again. Don't know. Everyone likes to rate shit, so I figured, wait, why not? Okay, we'll have our own rating shit. I give it one geek. <laughs> Ew. Next book. And you know what gives it that one geek? What? Deathlock. Deathlock, okay. Speaking of uh, other geekies is Spider-Man. With Mockingbird again. This is the third book Mockingbird See, was Mi- in. Mockingbird is completely different in all of these books, yes, though. Yes, she is. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so we again. got the amazing Spider-Man number nine starts the brand new story, Scorpio Rising. Scorpio Rising. <sighs> Writer is your fuzzy little Ewok, Dan Slot. He's so cute. The penciler, I've never met this man, but I really want to. Giuseppe Camacoli. The inker is Cam Smith. Marte Gracia is the colorist. VCs Joe Caramanga did the letters. And the cover is by Alex Ross. He's been knocking on the part with these with these covers. Like he's there the covers have been really good. So I love what's going on with Zodiac. 
I just love them as an organization. Me I too. love that that Dan Slott is making them a global threat. Okay, I, I love it. I like that Spider Man is this overarching see Dan Slott is a master of these sort of of this long form narrative that kind of breaks up a little bit. It's just I don't know what it is um, about his writing that is just so good from from issue to issue and how he tells an overarching plot. I mean, because this is the beginning of what? What's the what's the beginning? It says on the cover. Scorpio rising. Yeah. it's that, So that's I so, said that. but it's funny. Like this is like the second part of this overarching story that and I just think everything that's happened so far. It's like this big ongoing narrative but it's just it's just so good and then like the stuff that's going on with dr octopus being in the in the robot and and him falling free falling from space like how cool was that yes and the spider rocket like he's doing and such the new cool spider sh- constellation yeah and, and like that was that was cheesy as fuck though i'm sorry <laughs> and I, I there's think, an 11th oh no no there's, no, there's a, 13th there's i'm a sorry 13th a sign now. It is the sign of the spiders and I coming love, down. I love like, how the what? Gemini. I love Gemini talks like Tomax and Zaymot. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then like, I love that uh, Zodiac is like, "We're going to take over." You, you're gotta be killing me. Like, I like that he he kind of is like a megalomaniac, but he's still still kind of funny. About it was really it was funny when they uh, were saying at the same time. And, and then he, he left Nick Fury in space. I'm like, it told us like gravity and moonwalk over to the International Space Station. Someone could be like, here's my thought about that. If you leave Nick Fury in space, I'm sure he can like radio for S.H.I.E.L.D. to come and pick him up. I'm like, come on. But I don't know. It's just it's just a fun read. That's it doesn't take itself too seriously. It needs to be serious when it when it needs to be. But overall, it's just a really well written, fun story. Yeah, it is just a fun story. Solid art. Solid. There's a. I have continued to love, and I was never really a Spider-Man fan in the past, and since Dan Slott took over, even in the last run, I've just been really enjoying it. It's been a solid, solid book. Like, I like the gadgets. At first, I wasn't really sold. You know what I don't like? I don't like the green glow on his suit. I like I, pers- I don't. I, I just, it. It's a little thing I don't and like the, about and, it. And the and the his emblem that you, he can actually like tap it. And That's cool. I do just some don't, weird Star Trek like shit with the it. Green. I don't know. I love it. And look, see. The back, love it. Just like yeah, the movie. Yeah, it, it shoots out, and, and he had like, it, he was making like that giant web rock when he fell from space. Just really good book. I don't know. Just, if you're not reading Spider Man, you should be, because it's just, it's just a you fun should be. It's just a fun book. Although, the weird thing about it, though, is they did, Marvel started a precedent now by saying, like, it says, like, this is a conclusion, or this is the beginning of something, you know? And I think that's, I think it does two things. It like it informs the reader, hey, you know, this is a jumping on point mostly, I don't know, or this is or you know, kind of they're trying to like train readers to be like, okay, this this could be a jumping on point. Yes, the, the, that's their big thing right now. But at the same time, it's triggering readers to say like, okay, if you've missed anything else, it's going to be traded. You know, that's what makes me that this is what when I see on the cover of a Marvel comic book you know, all new story, or this is a conclusion. It means like, okay, they're gonna they're getting ready to like uh, wrap this up into a graphic novel, you know, and and, and it'll get a because that's what they do now, mm-hmm. and it's like they're really trying to train their their readership to do those to to, to take those cues. I think that's, that's what it seems thing? like to me. And yes, I agree with. Fr- Thank you, Frank, for agreeing with me. I should say he doesn't like the green either. <laughs> Ew. Um, do I think it's a good thing? I don't know. It really, it really depends on what you're trying to do with the market. Like if they're trying to really, 
you know, keep up. I mean, what 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 makes them more money? Obviously, the trades do. You so know? it's funny because they do that on the cover, and then in the book, on the last page, they'll tell you what's coming next. So it's like, stay tuned because you're going to have this book. I don't know. Uh, and if they're going to make these brand new story arc things, they make it so tiny, and it's just, I don't know. So the, the last the, book we're going to talk about today is Doctor Strange, um, and it is a beginning of a new story arc, which is continuing story arc about the last days of magic. The continuing story of the last <laughs> days of magic and Doctor Strange. So if you have been reading Doctor Strange, the whole thing it's been about so far is magic is in flux and it's changing. People were always and and so Doctor Strange goes to this pub where all these other magic users are at and this old magic user is all like you know you must pay your dues and blah 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 you know you, you have to pay your dues and um because like if you do something with magic there has to be some kind of a balance because you're you're uh a f- you're bending the wheel of reality to your own will and so there has to be uh, a counterbalance to that of some sort and i guess the counterbalance to this is, are these people who are coming who are going from dimension or reality to reality wiping out magic so they're, they're, they're these purifiers and they get to you know dr strange's world or our world and now they're trying to destroy all of the magic that is in this world um and dr strange is having to fight against it and so it's very interesting to start a new story arc with dr strange literally getting his ass handed to him by this man of science or this purifier or or whatever they're like all bathed in technology and they view they view magic as a sin. Um, so it's very, uh, this weird theological debate uh, that, that they're doing, not a debate. It's just like, they are like fascists that and magic must die, but they are, but they're doing it like, it's like a science church sort of thing. And so finally we get to see in Dr. Strange's book that all these other magic users throughout the world are being attacked. And I like seeing that, but I would love to see it happen more in other books. Books. Yes, I would love to see it addressed more. But it was addressed in which book was it addressed in this this week? I can't remember which one it was. But someone did say something about magic being a little wonky. I think it was Brother Voodoo said it in uh, Avengers. He had said something when his brother was asking something. Brother Voodoo said something about magic being a little weird, and I was like, "Yes, thank you. Finally, finally, he did something." So what we're getting in this book is, I mean, the whole book was a fight scene between Doctor Strange and this and this evil guy. You know this purifier, and uh, yeah. So yeah, Rich Rich verified it wasn't. Um, yeah. So Brother Voodoo says, "True, magic is becoming unreliable." That's exactly, it. and so it was good to see that this is a little bit of Doctor Strange is pouring out into, into the rest of the world. I just think, for me, I'm just hoping that this could have been like, um, Annihilation, in which the whole cinematic Marvel, sorry, the whole uh, cosmic Marvel had its own little pocket of stories and stuff like that and i was hoping that this could have been done with magic because i've always thought personally that uh, marvel's magic universe is just so ready to be tapped and made and just i think it could be tap that magic stop that (laughs) so so what we're doing with this one is is we're getting doctor strange and then we're getting another book um it's sort of a side book called doctor strange last days of magic number one so it looks like we're going to get these two books that are going to address the fact that magic is is changing. So finally, we've we you know, in all the other in the five books leading up to this, we got the side plot of magic dying in other where 
another realities and and that doctor just finally having to deal with it so again it was a great book i didn't think it needed to be 499 but you did good uh backstories yeah you get a lot of book for it and then the backstories you get to see um how how magic is affecting just other magic users these sort of little side vignette stories of you know people whose magic is failing them so i think that was very interesting to to see that should we give a shout out to who wrote yes we can do that as well all right so so the back pages were um Written by Jason Aaron with art by the first one is Mike Diodato and then uh, Jorge Fornes, Kev Walker, which I love the Kev Walker. But the one that really got me was the Kevin Nolan. It was great to see Kevin Nolan's art in the Doctor Strange book. And it was a cute little thing about this girl with her magical stuffed animals. So and I loved the the Harry Potter um, the nod to Harry Potter. Yeah, at the that end. was really cool, and I, I, I love seeing Kev Walker's Kev Walker's stuff. But yeah. again, I really, I really think that you should take it upon yourself to look into this. If you, if you like any of the Marvel magic stuff, it's really good. And yes, Frank, it, it, it is kind of happening, and you know, r- rather quickly. And but still, I think it would have been really cool to have have a lot more magic users kind of, you know, rally around it, uh, for something or another. You know, I don't know. Just that's just me hoping. And as always, a special thank you to our sponsors, because without them, we really wouldn't have a show. So I want to give a special thanks to Club Card Printing. They're the ones that help us do all of the fantastical prints that you see in our palm cards. And if we ever do posters, we're going to get them done there. So if you're in the San Francisco area or if you have a computer, check out clubcardprinting.com. We also want to thank Gene Gilmet. He does all the amazing artwork for the show. You can check him out at rltpress.com. Yes, Gene, I, I, and I don't take it personally that Rich is always trying to kill me. So, <laughs> Also want to give a special thanks to Terry Miller. She is the mistress of the mix board and makes all those lovely sounds that you hear uh, during the Geek Chat. Also want to give a special thanks to our major sponsor, Whatever Comics, located at 548 Castro Street in San Francisco, located between 18th and 19th. Check us out online at whateverstoreonline.com and on Facebook under Whatever Store. So, yeah. Um, I want to agree with Frank. Frank is messaged in the chat room. Yes. Um, if this was written like... Spider-Man, where it was smaller arcs building up to this. I do think by this issue, six, dropping this in, I think had it been paced out maybe over two arcs. So the first arc is magic leaving and the second arc, he takes it upon himself. And then the third arc, we get you know, him trying to deal with it. I would agree that it could be written a little longer. Six issues and already we're boom. It's like, it yeah. does feel quick. Again, uh, Spider-Man is at number nine. So this is at number six. So yeah, the it, just a couple of more to see more people. Well, to be honest, Spider Man's actually, if you count the way Dan Slott has been writing, it's much longer. That's true. Yes, that is definitely true. I mean, Dan Slott has been a tremendous writer on Spider Man. So, and I really hope that he stays on for a lot forever. He will die writing Spider Man. His fingers will like have like be all crumbled and like, oh my god, I can't believe I've been writing for so long. So, anyway, just want to say thank you so much for tuning yeah, in. Yeah, thanks everyone. We appreciate it. We, we love you all tuning in to us. Yes. So, um, again, we have our roundtable coming up this week. Um, it's very interesting. So, please uh, look, look, look out for that. So, again, I'm Desmond. I'm Rich. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.
Geek Shot. Geek Shot. Geek Shot. Geek Shot.